You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Well, welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am thrilled to introduce you to Nikita, who is a leading advanced analytics specialist at the Coca-Cola Canada Bottling Company. Together with his team, he is transforming terabytes of business operations data into actionable insights to drive growth and innovate in the consumer packaged goods industry. Nikita, thank you for being here. Awesome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So we got to start off. What is your favorite Coca-Cola product or products that you like? It's your go-to. Oh, that's a really tough one. It really depends on where I'm getting it. Uh, yeah. Coke Zero and Fresca for sure. But uh, if I have access to our freestyle machines, the ones where you can mix flavors, uh, Cherry Coke Zero. Absolutely. Yeah. Any day. That's awesome. Okay. So and here's another question. Do you prefer Coke from like a can or like a screw top or do you like it from the actual machines? What's your preference of flavor? <laughs> uh, really depends. I do like the cans. I mean, there's something special about the glass bottle, you know, just the experience oh, yeah. of opening it up, just the sounds, yeah. there's a, it's a whole experience. But that being said, honestly, I love the McDonald's machines. Yes. Yes. Uh, something, there's a, something special about them. Yeah, I remember my I, I was dating my now wife and one of her roommates would walk down the street to McDonald's just to get a Coke because she liked the flavor better. Yeah. Like just the, I guess the bubbles and and with the ice and the lid and the straw versus like because there was a corner store just yeah. around the corner where she could have just bought a can of Coke, but she preferred <laughs> the long walk to McDonald's. Oh, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm uh, very similar. I do really like the the McDonald's drinks. Uh, something special about them. Plus, just overall, you know that like that's how it's made to be. That's how it's made to be drank and like, experienced. Yeah. 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 And especially uh, pairing, we talk about wine pairings, uh, pairing it <laughs> with a uh, beautiful salty French fry or a salty chicken McNugget. It's perfect. For you, you know. uh, we, need to, we need to put some liaise there, uh, you know, to recommend that uh, this uh, Coke Zero goes well with a double cheeseburger. Yeah. Uh, but the Sprite is perfect for the fries. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> That's great. So much. It's like a, a you know, uh, pop sommelier, right? Yeah. You know, soda pop. Uh, it's what it's what I do. I'm a sommelier for that. I my go-to is uh, vanilla Coke uh, Zero. I love it. Um, Lee's, our corner store here in Fort Langley, actually stocks uh, vanilla Coke Zeros, which is awesome. pretty awesome. So I I love that. I, I treat myself once in a while to those, and it's uh, it's it's my go-to. Oh, that's awesome. So I love the role that you play within marketing, uh, advanced analytics. Yeah. Um, how does someone get to that place, that role, doing what you do? What was kind of your your journey to where you are now? Ooh, that's a that's a very good question. Uh, I've been in uh, CPG and retail uh, my my whole career. Honestly, I just love the space. Uh, I really like the connection that you're able to build up with the products that you're working with. You know, being able to take it, hold it in your hand, see it, connect to it, and me getting into the advanced analytics kind of stemmed from there. It's just trying to understand what is going on. Originally, uh, my first job was actually in a gas station. Well, the gas station, wow. uh, it was a family-owned gas station and I uh, uh, spent quite a bit of time there. So, not typical gas station work, but working with the uh, convenience store that was there, yeah. we pretty quickly started seeing that, uh, you know, what we're selling changes depending on how we sell it, how we change it. And obviously, you're not running massive marketing campaigns when you're uh, sitting at a gas station, but yeah. just simple things, you know, uh, changing some promotions or pricing yeah. or things like this. And just 
looking at that got me super interested at uh, can we really understand those effects better? Why is it working? What's driving this? So it all kind of went from there. Uh, throughout that, I continued my work with uh, CPG and retail, more and more digging deeper and deeper into how can we understand what the impact of our actions is? How can we yeah. predict what the results are going to be? And it all kind of uh, snowballed from there, you know, getting more and more techniques. I'm by nature a techie guy. So uh, going into data science, advanced analytics uh, made a lot of sense, uh, being able to work with uh, all those new techniques, algorithms uh, that help us boil down uh, what actually matters at the end, you know, remove all the noise, keep only the stuff that matters that we're able to action, make things happen. Yeah. That's amazing. So question now in your role, do you, have you ever gone in and maybe like, I don't know if this would even be allowed, but like you set up cameras within a gas station now to watch <laughs> how people walk down the, the pop aisles, the, the cold drink aisles and, and see the data as far as which fridges they open and where they lean and you know, what, what are they grabbing towards and what level should the drink be at? Like, does it, do you go as far as that? Or are you more looking at kind of web data and web analytics? Uh, definitely looking at uh, analytics at brick and mortar very heavily. In fact, that's uh, something that I'm specializing in quite a bit. Just because of the nature of the products, they're not the products that are the largest in the e-commerce space. Just because it's physical, it's large, uh, and uh, a lot of our consumers uh, still go to uh, brick-and-mortar stores. So that's the majority of our business. Uh, so with us, no, not unfortunately analyzing the video cameras and being able to track everything, kind of going around. Um, uh, privacy is a massive concern in the industry. So we try to be very careful with this, uh, you know, not to betray anyone's trust to begin with, uh, to be very honest with what we're doing. But uh, we do use the mass amount of information generated by the business to try to get to those insights, to try to understand who we're selling to, how can we better serve their needs? What are those needs, most importantly? And yeah, that's, that's kind of what we concentrate on very heavily. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, what does your team look like? Like as far as if someone is saying, man, I'm, I'm a marketing student now or I'm in marketing and I want to I want to do what Nikita does. Uh, wh what are the roles that are kind of uh, make the DNA of your department? Uh, what, what we're doing is uh, a lot more from kind of that tech side of this. So uh, yeah. I think the usual term we call it advanced analytics, but it's more uh, data science, data science concentrating on the marketing side. So with us, it's, of course, a mixture of roles. Um, some of those are technical. You can't escape it. Big data, you know, all the, all the uh, fancy terms and buzzwords. But together with us, the most important part is to be connected to what's actually going on in the market, what's going on in the business. So a lot of the roles on the team, uh, they are on the more techie side. But at the same time, they have to be extremely knowledgeable with what's actually going on, what's going on with the business. So a lot of the people on the team don't... Uh, get to this through uh, straight up getting a degree in some kind of a field, but get here a bit more organically. Uh, very similar to the way I got here. It's you start with certain roles within the business uh, and you start slowly getting into this and you see those opportunities to get deeper into it, to become more of a quant, a lot more fact-based uh, and uh, well, life kind of brings you here. That's awesome. Do you have some favorite um, like tools or dashboards that you love using to kind of help communicate uh, the reports or the data or, or tools that you use to kind of mine that data? Oh, that's a bit of a tough one because uh, in our space, uh, a lot of things are bespoke solutions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, kind yeah. of built specifically by us. Uh, yeah. We're using uh, Python very heavily for our analytics, uh, yeah. which is just a programming language that allows us to 
built whatever it is that we need. Yeah. And uh, this kind of dictates a lot of the other tools that we're using with Tableau's, Power BI's, and so on, or just straight up building up uh, visualizations. Visualization is just a great, great way uh, for people to be able to absorb the information, so we concentrate on that heavily. But there's a lot of tools that are more bespoke tools, uh, like uh, Dash or Streamlit that works with uh, Python specifically to, to consume that data. But uh, with us, this kind of a, a very important point. We don't use that many tools that are pre-built. We usually build them ourselves because every problem is unique in a way. Yes, a lot of them do repeat. And yes, a lot of them share a certain idea. But everyone... All of us are different. All of us are unique in some way. All of our consumers are different. All of our problems are different. So we try to make sure that we fine tune everything to specifically what's going on. Uh, make sure that we don't try to use cookie cutter solutions nonstop, uh, which uh, all these tools really help us with. Wow. And if you look at this next year, as far as you know, you look back at 2021 and kind of the role of data and marketing, uh, what are some, maybe some of the trends and kind of where you're seeing that role play in 2022 and, and kind of maybe are things going to change? Are you growing your department? Do you have a bigger role at the table or what, what do you, what do you see and hearing as you, uh, you know, do what you do? Well, we definitely see data become more and more important. And I see a lot of new trends, new patterns happening. One of the first ones that uh, is, well, it's not new, but it's becoming more and more important is privacy, concerns with privacy, concerns with ethical uh, use of the data, which is extremely important. I think it's extremely important for any business to, to follow good practices. Uh, you should always be on the side of the uh, people you're working with. And this is becoming more and more of a concern. Now, together with this, uh, the other side of it is all the analytics that we're doing, there's a lot of buzzwords happening right now. Uh, machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence, deep learning nonstop. Uh, problem with a lot of those applications is that you're building black box solutions. Uh, you're building some kind of a model that you cannot see inside. Uh, it's too complex. You cannot follow what exactly it's doing. Yeah. So more and more, uh, there's a push within the industry to come up with solutions that you can actually understand that you can follow the decisions that it's pushing you towards, you know, from the beginning to all the way to the end. Otherwise, you run the risk of getting into trouble. Now, in some places, that's actually part of the regulations that you have to follow, uh, you know, banks as an example. But in a lot of other places, it's just responsible analytics, responsible marketing. You have to understand what's going on, especially if it's impacting someone down the line. And most importantly, I do not believe in using... Uh, math blindly. Uh, absolutely do not. Uh, you have to be able to answer the question of why. Why are we seeing this? Why are we suggesting this? Why are we recommending this? Uh, what is driving people to show this behavior? Otherwise, you're just running into a risk of running into some spurious correlation uh, and uh, uh, just getting absolutely useless results, useless recommendations. You know, sometimes things do just happen at the same time. And if you don't understand why, you're just going to say that, oh, one is causing the other. Well, it's probably not. Uh, and that's, that's very dangerous. Wow. Uh, as far as like inspiration and ideas, do you kind of have some um, people you look up to or, you know, blogs you follow or people that you go to or books you're reading that you're like, man, this is such good information or man, this gives me um, kind of motivation to the do, you know, doing the work I do? Oh, absolutely. Uh, honestly, I've been a bit of a, uh, on a kick uh, with... Uh... Uh, artificial intelligence yeah. books right now. The, the whole idea of how our world is going to be evolving is fascinating to me. 
There's a great book called Superintelligence or a new one I just read called Life 3.0, yeah. which is specifically looking at the future. How do we progress? What it might look like and what can we do about it to make it better? Yeah. Life 3.0 especially is a great one because it's got uh, an optimistic view of what is happening with the potential future AI revolution and how can we make it the best it possibly could be, which is great when there's so much negativity around it and honestly just great to see. But overall, uh, I, I love to read, mm -hmm. uh, definitely do, and I draw a lot of inspiration from books. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be honest, a lot of them are not... Uh, even specifically business or data yeah. science books, yeah. uh, but their books kind of surrounding it, they change your way of thinking. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, actually on the topic of uh, understanding the why, the causality, uh, one of the greatest books I've read has been The Book of Why, that's literally what it's called. And that's by Judo Pearl, and uh, okay. it's, it's, it's exactly going into how do we figure out the causality of, of, of things, of events? Uh, how do we not just go with you know, two things occurred at the same time, mean, that means that they're related, but dig deeper, understand what's causing what, what is the reason, how is that chain going? Which I think is super important and definitely something I draw inspiration from. That's oh, actually really... another great one is, uh, oh, this one blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's called uh, Vehicles, Experimentation in Synthetic Psychology. Yeah, okay, okay. So nice. uh, the author of this uh, is, uh, a neuropsychologist, he's been studying uh, human brains for a long time, which is uh, uh, something you spend a very long time trying to take this very complex system and trying to break it apart into smaller rules, understand what's going on there, you know, to yeah. simplify it, basically. And here he's taking a complete uh, 180. And instead of going from, uh, uh, you know, taking a complex system, breaking it down to simple parts, he's taking simple parts and building it into a complex system. He's running this uh, small experiment, he's calling the vehicles, where he, it's, it's a theoretical exercise. He takes a, uh, makes a small machine, let's say one that has one wheel and has one sensor, like the one eye, basically. And all it can do is move towards or away from some kind of a, uh, let's say, a light or something that it can actually sense. And then he starts slowly adding complexity to it, you know, add a second wheel. Yeah. So now that machine is not only going forward or uh, or backwards, but can turn left or right. Yeah. Or add a second eye and kind of keep adding this. And through adding this, he's able to simulate more and more complex uh, emotions, more and more complex behaviors. And it just blows your mind how uh, with a simple thing of two wheels and two eyes, it's able to create something that is able to simulate fear, simulate anger, uh, simulate a lot of complex emotions. And his argument being that uh, with a lot of these super complex systems, which to me, you know, there's a big parallel to the markets, you know, when we analyze them or any business, like a consumer behavior uh, would be one of those examples, you know, complex uh, things. It's almost impossible sometimes to start from the complexity and boil it down. But instead, maybe we should take the other approach and think of the simple rules that are governing this that can built up back into that complexity. And that honestly blew my mind. It's just the... Simple thing that changes your thinking, which is awesome. That's amazing. And and those that are um, listening to this right now, watching the show, that maybe have nieces, nephews, children, young people in their lives, 
just what, what you're talking about and what you're mentioning, um, what would you encourage people to try out? Maybe to see if maybe data science is a career for them. Because I think <laughs> as a child, I never thought to say, well, oh, I'm going to be a data scientist, right? You think like, yeah. you know, um, marine biologist or, um, you know, I, I feel like what you're doing, correct me if I'm wrong, is a new collar job. Like there's blue collar, there's yep. white collar. Your job didn't exist really to the, to the extent what you're doing now 10 years ago, right? Or, or 20 years ago, let's just say. Uh, no, it absolutely didn't. Uh, data scientist is a bit new. Uh, and the reason it's new is not because uh, the exact science of it is new. No, uh, a lot of roles similar to this have existed previously. It's more that uh, those roles used to be uh, computer scientist or mm -hmm. statistician or yeah. uh, one of the business experts. And what this role really is, is uh, this holistic approach, uh, which I find kind of fascinating. Uh, it's a combination of all of those things to be able to have uh, come up with those holistic solutions that incorporate all of the separate parts of those disciplines to come up with something that's actually useful. And I don't mean to say that what was previously was not useful, but just the complexity keeps increasing and... Uh, as opposed to a lot of other fields moving towards specialists and specializing more and more and more, this is one of the ones that was actually moving away from this uh, to a lot more of generalists. Now, data science is a very broad field and there's a lot of specialists in the fields, uh, a lot of engineers and so on. But the specific flavor of it that I'm pursuing is that generalist, where you're able to combine so many more disciplines all together. And uh, coming back to the recommendations, that's actually probably one of those recommendations. It's uh, to be able to constantly learn. I think the most important new skill, not new skill, but the most important skill right now in this new economy that's coming out is the ability to learn. As you said, the data science field didn't exist uh, in uh, 20 years ago in the same way. And uh, 10 years ago, while it did semi-exist, it's not the one that it is right now. It, honestly, it, it's reinventing itself every year or two. There's constantly something new coming up, constantly something that's changing the way we should be thinking about, the direction we should be going in. And the unifying thing here to uh, strive within this new way the world is working is learn. Just the ability to learn, the ability to constantly pick up that new knowledge, never stop learning, uh, constantly reinvent yourself in this sense. All of that, what's happening right now with Artificial intelligence is coming more and more into everything that we're doing. And I, I don't necessarily believe that, you know, AI, true AI is still not there, but the, that intelligent automation that's happening right now in the market, making this a lot more of a priority. Uh, because if you're staying stagnant, then, well, you might get replaced at some point. But the way to stay current is uh, to constantly keep learning, to keep up with what is going on, uh, and uh, to be able to learn new ways of working with uh, everything that new that's coming in with all this intelligence automation. Wow. And so if someone is to say, man, I'm, I'm just about to graduate high school. I want to do yeah. this. I, I learned about, you know, data scientists. Or I want to be a data engineer, a data analytics uh, manager of sorts. Um, what would you say would be like a good undergrad and or experience to get? Um, or is it just, man, be curious, like, like foster curiosity in your life? Because even if you get a degree, even if you get a certificate, it's going to change the next week or the next month. Uh, that's a very good point. Uh, I definitely say, uh, stay curious. That's probably the most important thing I would, I'm very biased being a techie, uh, but I would definitely throw in, uh, some, uh, data science courses or just to learn some of the basic techniques, the thinking and so on, because 
it's a meta skill. But one of the most important parts here is that unless you're planning to go into a super technical field, become you know, a machine learning engineer or something super specific, what you really need is real world knowledge. All of this, all the greatest data science applications are useless if they're not actually applied to anything. They're useless if you're not understanding the subject matter that you're trying to work with. Uh, otherwise, it's sterile. It's uh, uh, not something that's going to be beneficial to anyone properly. It's something that gets built, put on the shelf, and no one ever touches it or looks at it again. So I'd say, uh, yes, data science, absolutely. I, I love data science. I think it's fascinating. It's incredible. But you need to pick up that proper domain knowledge. You need to uh, not just over-specialize in, in this field to be good at it. Uh, but you need to learn everything else that's going on uh, within the business, within that specific domain you're looking at. We are talking about marketing specifically here, but uh, there's so many other directions that this could be going with. Uh, you know, there's a lot of data science right now in uh, uh, the sciences as well. This is becoming kind of a whole new meta uh, application of it. Uh, and for that, well, you need to understand the science of yeah. it, of yeah. what you're actually trying to apply in these new techniques to. And same goes with the business. Yeah. That's awesome. So definitely, definitely stay curious. That's really cool. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now, for what you do in your life, um, if you go into, say, now if you go into a gas station uh, or yeah. if you pop into, say, uh, you know, supermarket, do, wh what does your brain do? Like, I, I want to just, like, you walk into a supermarket, can you turn off your analytics and you turn off the CPG filter or do you actually go in and, you know, enjoy shopping and can go and grab a drink or groceries without thinking too much? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult to turn it off, you know, when you're living and breathing it. But I definitely try. Uh, I think one of the most important things for me, trying to analyze how we can serve everyone better, 
is uh, serve a customers better is to be a customer myself. Okay. It's it's the easiest way to find the pain points uh, or issues or opportunities is to try to turn off the you know the, the data scientist in me uh, or the person working in the industry and just see what works what doesn't what kind of experience am I having is this something that I'm uh, enjoying is this are, are we presenting ourselves in the best way to to provide you know the best solution to whatever that problem is and yes maybe the the problem is uh, you know what drinks should I pick but even with that we want to make sure that we're on the same page with the people we're serving mm-hmm. so definitely definitely try to turn off the analytics brain and just experience that's awesome. super useful that's awesome how do you feel about jumping into this uh, rapid fire round here oh uh, sounds good you're ready okay um what was your first job that you ever had uh well, as i was mentioning uh it was the the, the gas station uh, yeah. we were there for quite a few years and uh honestly uh been a great experience it definitely uh impacted me on the rest of my career Amazing. Um, let's not, I, I really want to hit home with that. So whatever your first job is, whatever job you're in now, like it can lead to something awesome, like being what you're doing now as an advanced analytics, uh, <laughs> you know, director at Coca-Cola, which is really cool. Um, night yeah. owl or early bird? Ooh, definitely a night owl. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, you know, the, the world gets uh, in front of that and yes, have to be a, an everything. Uh, but if I have to choose, definitely night owl. I love uh, what is dark. And uh, uh, you can actually concentrate on whatever you're doing or what you're building. It's it's a, a special experience. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, cat or dog person? Uh, love animals overall, but uh, if I had to pick, definitely dogs. Okay. What was uh, the... Oh, yeah. No, that's great. Dogs. Yeah, that's amazing choice. I, I didn't add ferret or bird in that list so or <laughs> chameleon, uh, but uh, there you go. What was the uh, first thing that you marketed? Ooh, first thing I marketed would have been the Twix, yeah. Twix bars. This was in no way involved, involved with Mars or anything. This was actually yeah. still with that gas station. Okay. And this is my first experience with uh, trying to work out uh, how do we promote things better? How do we uh, make what we're offering more attractive? Yeah. It's super, super simple, but, you know, spiked my interest. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Okay, and just quick side note, for those that don't know, when we say the Coca-Cola... Canada Bottling Company. What are the brands under the Coca-Cola? I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot because, you know, there's so many, but what are some of the other brands that we may not know besides the Coke family? Well, uh, there, there is definitely quite a few. Yeah. So uh, in uh, Canada, there's, uh, of course, Coca-Cola itself, but also uh, Sprite for Escafanta, as an example. Yeah. Um, the Canada Dry uh, Ginger Ale yeah. as well, yes. which uh, we are partnering with Canada Dry to, to be able to provide their beverages. Nice. But in addition to this, Powerade, uh, yeah. we're also partnering with uh, Monster Energy as yes. well yeah. to provide their drinks, um, smart water, vitamin water. Okay. And also, we're uh, quite large in the juice business okay. with our Minute Maid division. Okay, nice. Uh, so, Minute Maid, Simply, Five Alive, Fruitopia. Yeah. Uh, and now, uh, Fair Life Milk as well. Okay. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I um, I remember when uh, Fruitopia came out when I was a, a youngster, and it was so exciting because it was so delicious. And uh, Minute Maid, I continue to get Minute Maid, the, the frozen cans, and I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's awesome. This is great. Um, all right, jumping back in. Uh, dark or milk chocolate? Ooh, I I don't know if I'm getting older, but I grew to love dark chocolate. Yes. I used to love milk, <laughs> uh, but dark, I don't know. It just, uh, yeah. I guess, more complexity to yes. the flavor. Yeah, it's an age thing. I think we can admit it. It's an age thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, that's great. That's great. Definitely. Um, that's awesome. What is your favorite word right now? Ooh, uh, glass box. Nice. 
Okay. Uh, Glassbox, uh, quite a few uh, conferences I've been to recently. Uh, you know how we were talking about being able to understand yeah. what your uh, math, what your algorithms are doing. And yeah. there's the concept of black box that you can't look into. There's a new concept of Glassbox. Okay. Of uh, being able to still keep some of those advantages of having those super complex systems, okay. but still building it so that you can look inside, so that you can understand what is going on. Love and that. it's this really cool combination that uh, is becoming more and more popular. So Glassbox. That is, that's a great word. I've never heard that. That's so cool. Um, that's awesome. What is the last charity you supported financially or with your time and why? I'm going to be honest, probably Salvation Army. Uh, the last one has been Salvation Army. Uh, there's been a lot of campaigns going around. Uh, I'm, I'm in Toronto and uh, going on around Toronto around Christmas. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely them. That's awesome. It's really great. Um, what is a movie that you love? Like you can watch it over and over and over again. <laughs> That's that's a uh, that is a tough one. I mean, I'm a massive massive nerd, so uh, you know, there's the uh, a lot of uh, sci-fi fantasy movies uh, that I absolutely love. But um, I think uh, actually two two come to mind, and one is actually related to to marketing a bit. Uh, so one is uh, Sunshine, which is an awesome sci-fi movie yeah. about uh, the sun going out and the uh, crew going there and uh, trying to restart it, but they're the second ship. Uh, the first one that they've sent to do this has disappeared and they're uh, trying to, uh, well, number one, restart the sun, and number two, figure out what, what happened with that ship. And, you know, hijinks happen yeah. <laughs> within. So that's my, that's absolutely something I can rewatch. Love that movie. And I feel like it went under the radar. But the second one is uh, Thank You for Smoking. Okay. So I loved uh, Thank You for Smoking. Not necessarily about the smoking message, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, uh, which definitely was strong in there. But just to the overall approach to doing uh, PR, to doing the communication that uh, the uh, protagonist of the movie was doing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, it definitely got me thinking about uh, what influences our opinions. I first mm -hmm. seen it a long time ago. Uh, still love rewatching it, but definitely influenced me in that thinking of the way we perceive facts and the way we built our opinions that are not necessarily built on facts, mm -hmm. but can be swayed by the way it's presented. Yeah. And in uh, our uh, kind of dealings with the people uh, in our life, it's not always about what the person you're talking about, uh, yeah. what they're thinking, what their conclusion, what their opinion is, it's what everyone else is thinking. Okay. Uh, kind of what you're swaying, swaying them towards. Yeah. Definitely a bit of a cautionary tale, uh, that movie, but uh, definitely got me thinking. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, favorite song or album on repeat right now? I mean, I, I do love my classic. I've been, uh, I, I've picked up, I've dusted off uh, a CD that I found and I was able to find on Spotify as well with Metallica, with yes. uh, the Symphonic Orchestra, San Francisco Symphonic Orchestra, which I think is just a wonderful, wonderful thing that they did, a concert. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been listening to that quite a bit recently. Uh, not Definitely not new. This is uh, at least 20 years old at this point. That's very uh, cool. <laughs> it's very cool. I love it. I love it. Um, and now, here's one. If you weren't doing this job right now, what would you be doing with your time? Oh, I feel like uh, at some point I'd get into analytics anyways. Uh, maybe, you know, not through this path, but through another one. But yeah. at some point, I really wanted to be a uh, photographer. Okay. That's cool. I just love... I, I kind of feel like there's parallels here. It's still communicating information, but in a different way. It's uh, uh, Some of the photographers that I absolutely loved uh, have been able to not just take a picture yeah but uh, to be able to communicate an idea with that picture and completely change the way you look at something the exact same thing just by changing the way that they frame it the way yeah. they position it the way they 
uh, it'll take that photo. Yeah. Uh, and I found that incredibly interesting. It's it's communication, uh, it's information communication, but in a different manner. Wow, that's that's really cool. I like that. I like that. Yeah, the way you and, and even the editing process would probably have a lot of data. Yeah. In it. Um, what is an app on your phone you can't live without? <laughs> you mean other than Uber Eats? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which which definitely got a lot of mileage in the, since since oh. uh, our lockdowns. Yes. Honestly, I don't think the the answer is uh, that exciting. But the calculator, I just yeah. every single time I use it, I keep thinking about my uh, teachers, math teachers yeah. in uh, in school, yeah. telling me that well, you have to learn this because you're not going to constantly have a calculator in your pocket. Yeah. Well, guess what? Now we have a calculator in our pocket all the time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it, and and even a measuring tool and like, man, we got everything in our pocket right now. It's, it's dangerous. I think I think teachers have to go and collect uh, calculate, you know, phones now before class uh, for math class when there's exams. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And becoming more and more. I mean, right now you can get absolutely everything there. Yeah. Um, I've uh, recently recently I haven't been able to work out of the office yeah. and had to be mobile and um, you fully able to do a lot of the current work that we normally yeah. associate with a, a fixed location. We yeah. used to associate it with exactly an office. You can do it off of your phone now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is just fascinating. Uh, what yeah. is the best thing you ever bought for under ten dollars? Honestly, the the best thing I bought for under ten dollars was probably a thirty foot phone charger. Okay. Which to me is it was it was a game changer. Just uh, you know, not being tied to that wire in case your phone is uh, running out. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a massive uh, pacer. Yeah. So when I talk, I really like to move. Yeah. And uh, uh, because of that, well, the phone runs out of charge because it's getting used quite a bit. Yes. And uh, just having that wire. Yes, I'm still connected by the wire, but yes. I feel like this has liberated me. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you, you don't have the, the, the fear of dying, your phone dying in your life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you don't have to like optimize the timing of, okay. Yeah. I have to use it a bit later on, so now I have to charge this so I cannot use this right now, and yep. uh, it's been very beneficial. That's awesome. That's very cool. Um, what's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? You know, probably probably it was thinking about the 80-20 rule and how it applies to personal growth. Uh, yep. I think this has been very beneficial and really changed my mind kind of in the way I think. And what I mean specifically is that uh, there's a lot of push for us to fit into a certain niche, to become a specialist, to become the master of that specific niche. But the world is constantly changing and those rules don't necessarily apply. There's a lot of areas, absolutely, yes, you need to fit into that niche and become the expert at it. But in a lot of areas, you can create your own niches. And the way you do this is uh, through being able to combine the expertise in so many areas. And what I mean by the 80-20 uh, rule for personal growth is that you, in a lot of areas, can become uh, somebody in the 80th percentile of knowledge in a certain field with, you know, 20% of the effort it will take you to get to become that specialist, mm -hmm. you know, the master of it, because there's diminishing returns as you become yeah. more and more knowledgeable. Uh, you know, 50% uh, of your total time that you would spend becoming the specialist yeah. would probably be spent on uh, getting from that 95th to 99th percentile. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why that's super important to me is that means that you can combine so many different areas. You can become the 80th percentile person, you know, be better than four out of five people, which is not the best by far, yeah. but be as good as four out of five, better than four out of five people in the industry and uh, combine so many of them. And by combining all of this, 
you just become so much stronger. You become unique. You create your own niche. And this has been massive for me, for my personal growth. Mm, that's awesome. That's, that's really great insight. Um, I know you mentioned books already, but any other business or marketing books that you'd recommend? Ah, uh, good, good question. Uh, I think one of the ones that I uh, has been also very impactful for me, and it's it's a very entertaining book. It's called Dataclism. Okay. It's uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember his uh, name. Uh, yeah. Chris, Chris something. We'll, we'll we'll put a link in the the show notes though for sure. Uh, and uh, th that book is fascinating because it's written by. Uh, the uh, lead data scientist, the chief data scientist of yeah. uh, OkCupid uh, okay. at the time. Wow. And I think at that time they were going with a merger where a lot yeah. of the dating sites were combining together. Yes, and yes. this is a person who was able to uh, look at all the data that's been yeah. fitting into this. And wow. the book is full of what he has learned and what he's concentrating on is that uh, what people say they want, what people say they want to do or what say that their beliefs are, are not necessarily what's actually driving them. And He's using this extremely difficult to quantify area mm. of our interpersonal relationship of yeah. love, you know, uh, and all of this to try to illustrate this. Of uh, he can see what people say in their profiles and their preferences. Um, Cupid, I think, was revolutionary with the questionnaires that they built yes, yes, to help yep. match people. So they have this knowledge of what people are saying they prefer, and then seeing what they actually do and what it doesn't doesn't match up. Mm. So that. It was very impactful on me because, well, number one, it really pushed me to get further in my field mm -hmm. uh, because it really picked my interest, yeah. but also highlighted the importance of basing a lot of the decisions and analysis and what we do uh, when it comes to marketing on uh, real data as opposed to assumptions. Yeah. Um, highlights a bit of the limitations of uh, surveys as an example sometimes yeah. because people might be absolutely honest with what they're saying there, but they might not themselves really understand what it is that they actually want. So uh, I found it super interesting. That is awesome. Make sure you send a, a link if you want. Maybe you even have an Amazon affiliate link. You, I'm sure a lot of people will be clicking on that here, but oh, for sure, <laughs> that works. Um, next question, podcasts that you recommend. I don't know if you, you, you listen to many podcasts, but uh, ones that you find helpful for the work you do? Well, not as many. Well, I mean, uh, of course, present company excluded. Yeah, yes, yes, of course. Which I do very much enjoy the podcast. Not as many podcasts recently. I did get uh, a lot heavier into uh, audiobooks yeah. quite recently, yeah. which is kind of another way of consuming that information uh, through yeah. audio and uh, beginning more and more used to it. Actually, on yeah. our question of the app I can't live without, uh, Audible is probably one of them, yeah. which I very much enjoy. Uh, and that seriously helped me with uh, increasing the amount of books I'm able to yeah. get through, the ideas that I'm able to absorb. Yeah, uh, right. Definitely has been really big for me. Awesome. Also, also just uh, there's some awesome, awesome books that just help you relax. Like I've been going through Harry Potter again with oh, uh, Stephen yes. Fry. Yeah, uh, was voicing this, and yes. oh my god, that man! He was made to be in that role. Yes, yes, that's amazing. Uh, you know, I discovered, I, and my uh, nephew actually got the illustrated Harry Potter books, but done by this gorgeous oil painter. And oh, so wow. you you go through. They've only done the first three books, but you go through it, and these and it's all these oil paintings that are just incredible. So I've uh, I've enjoyed that experience. It's like um there's a, what was the author Dan Brown wrote a book called Angels yeah. and Demons and it was a lot about like statues and mm -hmm. symbol symbology and I got an illustrated version of that book so it was all the actual art. Oh wow! Because it's real because the books aren't like well I don't know depending on where you come from but you know the, the books are based on real art pieces you know yeah. with a, with a fun story to go with it. Um so it's so fun I love that and and, and voice actors who can bring stories to life. So yeah, Stephen Fry is 
a rock star for that. Um, next one, newsletter or website you'd recommend for resources, inspiration? Like, do you go to Reddit or any other newsletters where you're like, this is a, because there's so many newsletters. Is there one that you yeah. actually read or subscribe to? Uh, well, great question. So for my resources, you know, to stay up to date, um, yeah. definitely, honestly, Reddit, because it's good to be in yes. the community of people and uh, there's a lot yeah. of ideas there that you might not get uh, yeah. through uh, just regular channels. Quite a few sites, but um, actually there's a great newsletter that I've subscribed to called The Sequence. Yeah. And uh, The Sequence, it's trying to, uh, it's a data science newsletter, but it's trying to yeah. distill all the new things coming in, yeah. in nice bite-sized chunks. That makes it so much easier to keep up to date with what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and it's done kind of in this good language too, which I think applies to a broader audience too, not just the data science professionals. So definitely, definitely recommend The Sequence as a great newsletter. Stay up to date. It's amazing. Uh, Nikita, this has been incredible, inspiring. I've learned so much. I got so many books I want to get and pick up. And thank you for being here, uh, for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been an awesome, awesome conversation. Well, I'm going to uh, raise a uh, virtual Coca-Cola in your honor, well, Coke Zero, um, and, and or whatever other drink, Powerade. If you're, you know, you, there you go. Whatever drink you prefer. Have some Minute Maid orange juice. Uh, but this has been fascinating and inspiring, and and I love I love to think that even going into a gas station um, today, tomorrow, this next week, maybe you're listening to this podcast in your car and you see someone at the till, that person could be the next uh, you know data analysis, and and it is it's it's being kind of like honed in the fire of CPG because you, know, you, you <laughs> yeah. get to see, see it firsthand. So again, thank you for being here. Awesome, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada, and we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.